Hello. Hi. Um, I am struggling to get going on this podcast today. <laughs> uh, same. If it wasn't evidenced by the fact that you texted me at like two and we're like, hey, I just got to eat lunch and then I'm like ready for whatever. And then at 3.30, hey, can you record today? <laughs> just dead to the world. <laughs> I kind of figured... Uh, when I didn't hear the first text, if you hear back from the first text, I was like, that's okay. Maybe they got busy and forgot or something, whatever. And then uh, the second one, I was like, oh, yeah, definitely napping. Yep. So, was out cold. That's fine. Um, I, while like waiting for you to send me the Zoom meeting uh, link, I was getting ready and like preparing and sitting down at my desk and I put like a blanket on, but I like brushed it along my desk and I pulled the fresh shot of Jameson that I had poured, poured it all down my leg. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the kind of day we're having. Yeah. Got so it. I was like, okay, great. Well, I guess I'll just go like wash off my leg really quick and hope that my like desk area doesn't smell like alcohol for the rest I of mean- the evening. It probably will, but is it any different than usual? Honestly. It's not that bad. It literally got poured all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> all down my leg, all over the floor. It was awesome. Mm. And then mm. trying to plug my mic in. Well, trying to rearrange my mic and it coming unplugged three times. Mine also came unplugged. We're just having <laughs> that kind of day. Um, it's it's a time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. I had to turn my fan off because noise um and it made me really warm so i'm standing here in a bra Um, (laughs) great you can't see that but just know that that's what's happening Um, perfect that's why this is an audio podcast (laughs) Uh, so we can do whatever we want yeah man i'm just it's really warm and Um, I'm feel I'm feeling a full range of emotions. I do want to take a second just to like check in with our listeners and say, hey, uh, a really shitty thing happened uh, in Colorado Springs. If you haven't heard about it, um, there was a shooting at a LGBTQ club. I'm sure you've heard about it by this point because it'll be Wednesday. Yeah, it'll be out. several days later. But. Um, I only bring it up to say, just check in with your LGBTQ homies, please, because um, we're, we're struggling. A, lo- a lot of us are. Not all of us, but m- many of us. Yeah. So, anyway. I yeah. Homies, homies and allies equally. I mean, I feel like this is just like, you know, so devastating. Every time we keep mm-hmm. on trying to make steps, just something really horrible happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just keeps on being uh shootings so Mm -hmm. and i said in my instagram post earlier like y'all it's not on the lgbtq community to fix this or resolve the problem like it it's on mostly straight white people yeah so um just you know do, do do something please just vote for people who think that we're normal human beings and aren't grooming their children please and Mm -hmm. thank you my big thing is um like yes you can cut off people friends family members whoever who have these uh viewpoints Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, I think that's like a thing that doesn't get talked about enough is like, you don't have to be friends with these people or you don't have to make nice with your family. Like, I know that it's hard. I Especially in Thanksgiving season. Like, I yeah. get it. Um, so I, I'm not saying like, oh, just like go ditch your family and never talk to them again. But like, if especially if you are, you know, an ally, you can be the one that can call out. You can be the one who can like say something or just cut them off. And when they ask why, be like, because you don't believe that LGBTQ people deserve rights because you don't believe that black people deserve rights because you like you can cut people off for those reasons. That is okay. And in fact, it, for some people, that's going to be the only way they realize those viewpoints are wrong. Um, like, yeah. it's it's a hard truth, but the more people are like, I'm not associating with you because you yeah. say this thing or you believe that thing and I don't, that's not okay, that's not acceptable, suddenly they're going to find themselves without any friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what could possibly push someone to realize maybe I'm the problem. Right, here. right. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Uh, yeah. Vibes forever. Yeah. So. so, I mean, take that with a grain of salt. Obviously, you know your own, like, familial relationships better than I do, but it is something to keep in mind. And if you have the availability to do that and you want to do that, do it. I've done that. I've cut off family members and friends Same. because they didn't believe that people people deserve <laughs> rights to be people. Uh, so <laughs> Didn't understand a basic truth. Um yeah yeah um i do well okay first of all hello i'm caitlin hi i'm mari this is alcohol and anecdotes get that out of the way because i will forget um Uh, i already forgot i forgot as soon as we said hi at the beginning so i did want to touch on one other not quite as dark topic but a thing that i just wanted to get out of the way because it is thanksgiving season it's holiday season so something to keep in mind this day comes out the day before thanksgiving which is called blackout wednesday in the states uh because which yeah because it is like the biggest drinking binge drinking day of the year whether it's like you know you have like friends and family in town that you're like getting you're getting together with and you're like hanging out and you want to have some drinks or whatever like big binge drinking day so this is just a friendly reminder to call a cab, have a safe ride home, don't walk home in the cold because it is very, very cold right now. Um, just like make good choices and be safe and yeah. <laughs> All good, excellent reminders. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. That was my my last like <laughs> sad or dark thing to bring up. No, it was a great PSA. Thank you. <laughs> yes um on that note do you have any like rainbow things to share like any like fun happy things i don't mean specifically rainbow as in gay things i mean (laughs) uh, (laughs) to be clear um just like some happy vibes because i want to like get out of this like sad mood for a little bit um i've been really productive this weekend it's true we did have to push uh recording because caitlin was like i'm deep cleaning the house what is happening i don't want to lose my momentum yeah yeah Um, it was definitely yeah one of those like neurodivergent days where i like i was it was deep cleaning and so therefore i was like doing some reorganizing things but i was also like getting i was being really good about getting back on track like i would mm -hmm. like take time to organize a thing but then i would go back to like cleaning and so i was like i just got to keep this going like this isn't i'm never gonna feel this way ever again i know that 
like ran a bunch of errands, like got all the all the stuff I needed, like household supplies, dog food, like got everything done. Um, and I needed a blanket. <laughs> I, I respect that so much. I had a mini version of that earlier this week. I got home from grocery shopping and I opened my kitchen cabinet where I keep all of my food um, to like put all of my groceries away and there was it was just like a mess there Mm. was like half finished bags of chips from six months ago and um like just random shit in this cabinet that didn't need to be there and i was like this this is this is not a helpful use of space mari so i reorganized my kitchen like cabinets Uh and they're beautiful now good and i like wiped them out they're like clean yes um and uh i can see all of my food and like what i have to eat which is really okay. great because i'm the kind of person who's like if i can't figure out what i'm gonna eat yep. i either order out or i just don't eat so yep. um yeah <laughs> i totally get that mm-hmm. amazing look yeah. at us go now, if I could just finish cleaning my apartment before Wednesday when I have my surgery so that I don't have to think about it while mm-hmm. I'm recovering, that would be great. I believe in we'll you. See. We'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my my addition to that rainbow moment. So Excellent. Good. Um, I don't have any other major things, but I also don't have any other negative things to bring up, so I feel like that's good. Great. Do you want to do a shot? Yeah take a shot to the to the good stuff i did pour myself a new one yeah good 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 (laughs) i was so i was just like of course (laughs) of course course. okay i'm ready you ready yep i have nothing to clink with so oh i don't either wait (laughs) (laughs) okay cheers (laughs) my handy dandy planter uh, yeah the skull planter that i just keep around just for that <laughs> yep that's its sole purpose in life because it's holding a fake plant isn't it yeah <laughs> yes amazing okay yes. cheers. Okay. <laughs> no that wasn't a vibe nope <laughs> okay so i didn't grab anything to chase with uh i forgot that um so i'm drinking my shitty whiskey i got another bottle oh great and then i'm drinking these cut water like margarita thing. oh yeah those are good that's a good they're brand so they're so tasty um but the the shitty whiskey and then the tequila dr- mm, no <laughs> no it just wasn't it just didn't hit right i believe that i believe that fantastic mm-hmm. <laughs> great okay what are you drinking over there today caitlin okay well <laughs> so Part of why I wanted to record so early today was because the drink that I chose has coffee in it. Um, so oh. I just ended up making one and then trying it, which I have had one before. It's you didn't want to drink an entire cup of coffee at no, 6.48 p.m.? I am old now, so when I drink coffee <laughs> after noon, I do not go to sleep until 4 o'clock in the morning. It's true. I have the same problem, devastatingly enough. <laughs> It is a problem. Even if I like, it's rare, but on the occasions, well, like maybe like say I like went into work later, so I didn't make my coffee until later, take it to work with me. I'll, if I only drink half of it before noon, I usually won't finish it because I'm worried about drinking it too late in the day. <laughs> I have the same problem. Same problem. Oh my God. Okay. So we're drinking Irish coffees today. Ooh. 
That um, would answer the Ireland 1943 question if anyone yes. listened to the last episode. <laughs> yes. So let me take you back uh, in time to the 1940s. We're in a small port town in Limerick Island. The port town is called Foynes. And yes, during World War II, it was home to one of the biggest civilian airports in Europe. The area was originally surveyed uh, and like decided like as a suitable place for an airport by none other than Charles Lindbergh. Oh, yes, that Charles Lindbergh, the one who completed the very first solo transatlantic flight from New York City to Paris and thus changed the world via air transportation. <laughs> wow, are you? Is this actually paid for by the Charles Lindbergh Foundation? Because uh, it sounded like it for a second. No, that was that was a free donation. <laughs> great, great, great. You're great. welcome. <laughs> Amazing. Um, <laughs> okay, so put my planter away. Okay, so <laughs> the civilian transport. Uh, flights primarily used the base as like a kind of quick pit stop either to refuel or like wait for better weather conditions it was like fairly common for a a flight to leave and then have to turn around and come back due to weather mm-hmm. um and so a restaurant was built in order to like cater to the passengers uh for you know the evenings they were hanging out or maybe they needed to stay the night whatever uh, the restaurant was manned by Chef Joe Sheridan. So Sheridan was born in 1909 in Northern Ireland. And with his brother, his sorry, with his mother and five brothers, he, they all moved to Dublin after his father had passed. Mm. And there he worked in a restaurant until the chef position opened at the Foynes Air Base uh, like restaurant. He sent in his application, which stated, Dear sir, I'm the man for the job. Yours sincerely, Joe Sheridan. <laughs> what a power move. <laughs> oh my God. It also what? like it also has like a very the confidence of a mediocre white man vibe. Although I'm sure because we're talking about him, he wasn't a mediocre white man. But like what a move wow i see i i mean yes that's fair but i'm i was more thinking of it as like who needs a cover letter i will (laughs) and anytime a job asks me for a cover letter from now on i'm going to write a dear sirs and or whatever's (laughs) i dear folks dear folks (laughs) i am the woman for the job love that's it that's it just that period full stop (laughs) so the manager of the restaurant claimed that he was intrigued by his like audacity and brought him (laughs) in for an interview and then basically hired him right after the meeting (laughs) that's honestly what a what a move i'm glad it worked out for him i am that's amazing yeah i mean it does it does end very well so like so great but (laughs) If it hadn't, then it would be mediocre white man energy. But yeah, it it ended well, so good for him. Um, yes, I do have a picture of him on the drive, Mario, that you can check out. Is the very ver- first picture that I have under um my research. 
Uh, as always, all the photos will be shared on the website. Um, Ooh, he's handsome. He is very dapper. Um, I feel like we haven't said it in a while, so I'm just going to say it again. The website is alcoholandanecdotes.com. Wow, that sounded really weird. Alcoholandanecdotes.com. There you go. You had some pep in your step that time. That sounded more like a like early 2000s commercial. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Joe Sheridan ended up making a name for himself one evening when a flight had returned due to weather conditions. Feeling sorry for the weary passengers, Sheridan threw together a quick concoction to ease their cold bones and tired minds. Mm. Mm-hmm. A mix of coffee, sugar, and whiskey with a float of cream was enough to calm the crowd. And to one traveler who had asked if the drink was Brazilian coffee, Sheridan replied, no, that's Irish coffee. (laughs) (laughs) And hence the star was born. Um, Yeah. So that's possibly how the drink got its name. I mean, whether or not that story is true, I have no idea, but. (laughs) It's hilarious. Oh, my God. Um. So from there, the drink took off and also became a staple at the restaurant. Uh, The airport, including the restaurant, did end up closing in 1945, um, but Sheridan and his staff all moved to the new airport that was like across, uh, either across the town or in like a close area. Um, That airport is now known as Shannon, Shannon International Airport. Um, he continued to serve his cocky coffee cocktail. Uh, his cocky, his cocky cocktail. <laughs> oh, well, with that cover letter. Uh, yeah, if it suits, honestly. <laughs> um, eventually, he had served travel writer Stanton Delaplane. Delaplane enjoyed the drink so much that in 1952, while he was visiting the Buena Vista in San Francisco. He talked owner Jack Kepler into recreating it for him. Ooh. Uh, Kepler couldn't get the cream to float like um, Sheridan had. Um, and him and Delaplane had like kind of been like talking about it and like trying to like recreate it, but couldn't quite get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kepler eventually reached out to Sheridan to find out how he did it and even offered him a job. Now, this gets a little weird because some sources said that Kepler flew to Ireland to meet Sheridan and have him show him. Um, and some sources just said that he like got a hold of him, you know, writing letters or something. He sent a telegram, obviously. Yeah, obviously. He wrote an email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sent a text. <laughs> uh, Facebook Messenger. <laughs> just a, call, a, a real chill WhatsApp. um so yeah not entirely sure how they ended up meeting but either way he did offer him a job shared and accepted and then emigrated to america um and there he continued to work for another 10 years until he died in 1962 wow nothing really said how he died but 53 so not very old yeah but like health complications happen man yeah like i don't know right um sheridan's recipe for the cocktail was quote cream rich as an irish brogue coffee strong as a friendly hand 
sugar, sweet as the tongue of a rogue, whiskey, smooth as the wit of the land. Wow. That was his recipe. <laughs> what, what, what a recipe. Yeah. I respect that. Honestly, if all recipes could come also as poetry, that would be ideal. It would. Um, yeah. I would get confused by measurements, though. Measure with your heart. Yeah, I don't know. Measure with your heart. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I would like to point out, sorry, real fast. Okay, go ahead. Amari original quote. I heard that from a friend at uh, Unglued Summer Camp a few months ago, and it's my new favorite thing. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Just in case anyone thought I was a genius. I'm not. (laughs) Not at all um being that this like recipe and drink is like relatively new um i only had like a few fun facts that weren't already included in the story so um in the u.s national irish coffee day is january 25th so you got time to prepare yeah you you could like uh, throw a set yeah you know um dress up like do like different styles of coffee see how it goes yeah um there are options Uh, yeah there are it's also my half birthday so you could send me a venmo and i will get my own irish coffee but only do it in the morning okay this is a brunch situation yeah for sure yes um the original recipe uses cream that has like not been whipped which we will get to a little bit um when we get to like how to make it um so you can use like a heavy cream and still get a float by pouring it over the back of a spoon mm-hmm. a classic trick yes um it is a technique though you gotta figure it out um oh i also forgot i'm so sorry this is like going way back, but I did forget I had a picture of Joe Sheridan serving uh, Marilyn Monroe. A... I saw that and okay. I was like waiting for it. And then you didn't mention it. I was like, maybe it's later. Maybe it was totally my bad. Because I... There, I didn't really like find like a story on it. There was just a picture of it. So I wanted to share it. But yes, that's Joe Sheridan serving a, an Irish coffee to Marilyn Monroe. She's so cute. Or so photo. the internet said. She is really cute in that photo. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, okay. My last fun fact. You're going to get a kick out of this. On March 17th of 2022, so this year, Hofbrau Steakhouse and American Grill, located in Interlochen, Michigan, set the world record for largest Irish coffee. There is a picture of the mug. Unfortunately, there's like no one next to it or anything, so you can't really get how okay, an idea but of how big it is. There is a massive bucket next to it, and I I grew up on a farm, so that does give me some sense of scale. Holy fuck. That's true. There's a little bit of context. It was it's a gigantic. whopping 550 gallons, I, which um, beat out the last record by almost double. Why? Why does anyone need to do this? Or No, over double. Over double. So... It was 69 gallons of Tullamore Dew whiskey, Irish whiskey. That is a, it's a very large uh, liquor store bill. 
Yeah. Um, 412 woo! gallons of coffee from a local coffee roaster. At least they went local. Yeah, they did. 190 pounds of brown sugar and 69 gallons of cream. I want to barf. Oh my God. It's a lot of cream. I know all I can think of is like farts. <laughs> but it was good though. Oh, I bet it was a time. Yeah. Oh man. Who drank all of it? Honestly. I I assume patrons came and took a little bit. I have no idea how they would have done that. I don't know if they had like a dispenser on it. Like looking at the picture, I don't see like any way other than like taking a mug and just dipping it into the big mug and just being like, good enough. <laughs> Dig like, in, everybody. Ladling it out or something. <laughs> god. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Absolutely absurd. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, okay, moving on to pairings. Pairings. Perfect. Thanks. I liked that one. I never plan them. It's just yeah. whatever comes out of my mouth. So thank you. It was good. I enjoyed that. <laughs> um so other than pairing it with a nice, you know, cold winter night and maybe a full belly after a holiday mirror meal, you can a holiday uh, mirror. Holiday mirror. <laughs> you can have an Irish coffee with pie, Ugh. especially like pumpkin, pecan. I can't, I can't wait to have my gallbladder removed so I can eat all of these things. Yes. The day this episode come, comes out, just know I will be gallbladderless that day. <laughs> I will be free from the vigilante that nobody asked for. So I can eat whatever <laughs> I want. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah. So drink like. Drinking one with your pie, like, especially, you know, thinking like it's holiday season, like post-holiday dinner, you're like nice and full, but you got just enough room for pie, like have one of these, that pie. So good. Maybe make it with decaf coffee if you're like us and won't sleep afterwards. Or have it after your nap. You know, you eat, you have a nap, then you wake up and you're like, okay, now it's time for pie, then make the coffee then. Yeah, yeah. And then presumably you're like, okay, now I got to drive home because it's the holidays. Yes. So then the coffee will keep you awake. Uh, I'm not advocating for drinking and driving, but I guess I sort of did it. That's kind of what you said. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't drink and drive. Maybe you need to stay awake to play games with your family and friends. That's a way better option, actually. (laughs) So wholesome. Okay. Um, Perfect. Um, Another thing is chocolate. Especially like chocolate desserts, chocolate and peanut butter cakes, scotch roos, brownies. This is going to be so good. Mm. Mm. I want all of them in my belly. <laughs> I don't know if everyone knows what scotch roos are. Special K bars? Is that the other name yeah. for them? Yes. Yep. That is okay. correct. Anyways. Apparently someone made them with Special K at some point. Is that even a cereal anymore? I have, no I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a scotcheroo expert, honestly. I just, I love eating them. I don't, I've never made them. <laughs> They're so good. They're so, so good. good. Um, man. Um, and then, yeah, Mari mentioned it earlier, but brunch is going to be also a really good time to have yep. one of these bad boys. Honestly, listen, hear me out. 
bottomless Irish coffee instead of bottomless mimosas. I think I would vibe with that a lot more. I would need a decaf uh, option. Yeah. Because I was going to say I would reach a point where I would have like four cups of coffee and I would be like, I am going to die. <laughs> I, I'm i either going to die or I'm going to have the world's greatest idea, but either one of them is going to happen in 10 minutes. So, um, <laughs> you know, just a just a fun roll of the dice. You know. <laughs> <laughs> It's a gamble I'm willing to make. That's Just fair. Saying. All right. I'll advocate for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So as far as like making it, um, a couple of things to keep in mind when you're making your own at home. The quality of whiskey kind of doesn't matter. Um, the coffee's coffee- really strong. Yeah, the coffee can overpower it enough that your choice of whiskey doesn't really come through. Um, but also, like, keep in mind that if you make coffee that's really bland, then you'll be able to taste a lot of the whiskey. Um, so maybe just drink one that makes you happy. Like, I personally, like, am fine with Jameson. So I would just make mine with Jameson. Because it's, like, it's going to be inexpensive. I'm going to enjoy the taste of it no matter what. That's just what I could with. even get away with using my shitty Irish whiskey probably an irish coffee so Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah so like speaking of the coffee um try and use a robust coffee blend because you do want something that's going to be aromatic you do want to like taste a little bit of it it's part of what makes the drink taste good really good but you also don't want it to be like too overpowering so Mm -hmm. um and then for the sugar you can use table sugar but brown sugar is the way to go Honestly, yes, but also when you said, like, how many pounds of brown sugar, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I get that it's really dense, but, like, it stresses me out a little bit. It's stressful, yeah. You're not <laughs> drinking that much. You're not, like, consuming that much sugar. I know, but that was the most recent point of reference I have for brown sugar, so... Um, <laughs> Don't use that much in a single cup, in a single six ounce cup serving. Oh my god, it's it's it would be one of those. Do you want some coffee with your brown sugar moments? Um, yeah, don't do that to yourself. Don't do that. Not not fun. Not balanced <laughs> in any way. Uh yeah. So if you remember earlier, I had talked about the Buena Vista in San Francisco. Um, their recipe. Uh, was hot coffee, two sugar cubes, one and a half ounces of Irish whiskey, and two to three ounces of whipping cream. Um, oh, I got this from the Drunken Botanist, the book by Amy Stewart. I did not say my sources at the st- at the top. I will follow with them. So sorry. <laughs> um, at least you remembered. I usually just don't. So. Uh, I just try to to just like <laughs> it just like makes me feel like I've completed something. All those English classes just really but fucked I, me up. I get it. It's okay. Um, okay, so with those ingredients, you're gonna warm the glass with hot water, uh, then like empty it out, pour in your coffee and add the sugar, stir until dissolved, and then add the whiskey and top with your cream. Remember the fancy spoon trick. Yes. Might or take a well, try or they two. use they use a whipped cream. Like uh, a yeah. um Wow, I thought that I had included this, and apparently I... Oh, no, I get to it. Okay. 
Well, so like a lot of places in the States ended up like just creating like a whipping cream um, that then was able to float on top without any like fancy tricks. So it is also an option for your like making one at home. Um, so at the Dead Rabbit in New York City, which apparently it kept coming up in my reading. So apparently it must be like a really well-known place for making Irish coffees. They brew a robust coffee blend and bottle it with the sugar added. So like blend or make it, add the sugar and then bottle it. And then they store it in a hot water bath um, sealed, which helps prevent oxidation. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is what happens when the coffee is brewed and then exposed to air for prolonged periods of time. Same thing that happens to wine. Yep. Wine, beer, it happens to all of it. Mm-hmm. um plus this keeps the coffee at like the perfect serving temperature they're like hot water bath um and it doesn't burn it like a hot plate would i love that so much you yeah. mean you don't want like 1960s diner coffees when sitting on that hot plate for at least six hours vibes no with your irish coffee no <laughs> you sure this is also like a lot of work to go to <laughs> but like <laughs> i guess if you're like serving irish coffees all the time then i get it <laughs> I mean, Um, dedication. You got to give it respect. Yes. So the dead rabbit also whips their cream to a froth that is like just thick enough to float on top of the coffee, um, but still like wet enough to like pour and um, drink nice. Mm. So the the point of the float is to provide a creaminess with each sip. Um, So you're supposed to sip through the cream is what like every source says um yeah then you like yeah instead of like stirring and blending it all together that makes sense i like that um and if you want to be real fancy you can also grate some fresh nutmeg over the top of it yes though fun fact did you know you can get nutmeg poisoning it takes a lot of nutmeg i don't know why i'm sharing this it's more or less irrelevant but you can poison yourself with nutmeg it just requires a lot of nutmeg so you can this also holiday season don't overdo, overdo it. it don't um, drink nutmeg. all of the pumpkin spice lattes that you possibly can and, and put like don't put like nutmeg on your pie or nutmeg don't just don't put it on everything maybe yeah. choose judiciously okay yeah. um you can also poison yourself with coffee but it takes drinking like 50 cups like nonstop. i think your heart would probably give out before that yes <laughs> I think that's part of why you would have to just like drink it nonstop so that it it doesn't like kick in in time to like give you a heart attack so you actually die from the poisoning not from the heart attack (laughs) that sounds so terrible yeah yeah i i wasn't even gonna i wasn't gonna include stuff like that because i was like i could give so many fun facts about coffee and i just imagine i'll like cover coffee in a bonus episode or like later on the show or something so i was like i'm just not gonna get too into it but i did come across some really fun stuff like how how caffeine uh like coffee beans or coffee cherries create caffeine in order to poison the insects that try to eat the plant oh i didn't know that that's kind of how that plant came to be a caffeinated plant it's doing great things for the human race let me tell you it really really is (laughs) um it's also we also drink three times more coffee than we do tea 
which um, is really fascinating because coffee is obviously a lot newer to us than tea is. Yeah, tea tea can be real special though. It's got like a bitterness oh, yeah. to it that like coffee doesn't. Um, so I get why it's like a little bit more accessible, but also tea fucking it slaps, man. It tea does. slaps. It does. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what I got really quick. I just wanted to go over my sources. Meehan's Bar Tender Manual by Jim Meehan, The Drunken Botanist by Amy Stewart, Weaverscoffee.com, Wikipedia, and Flyingboatmuseum.com. I love all of that. Yeah. Thank you for being a well-prepared <laughs> host. Because I'm not. So that's okay. It's either it's either I like try and include them in the episode when I can, um, or I take the time to put them all on the website and I don't want to do that. <laughs> I nobody does nobody wants to do that yeah because either way if i have to do one or the other i won't feel complete um (laughs) that'll be miserable for me you'll get you'll get a b on your english paper that is this podcast yeah oh actually that's that's not good enough well the first bad review i i get will be if she didn't list her episodes in this or her sources in this episode (laughs) and i'll be like listen if it's gonna be that it's gonna be me who gets that i'm so bad at listing my sources so <laughs> that's okay um yeah so that's that's the history of irish coffee i loved that thank you yeah i wish i were not the kind of human being who can't drink coffee past 1 p.m or else i don't sleep so i finally understand decaf <laughs> I used to be one of those like death before decaffer seriously like people and um and then I became this version of myself where if I have caffeine later in the day I might as well just plan on not sleeping that night and um it really changes your perspective it really does so yeah it really does oh man well that was really good I want an Irish coffee now. <laughs> I thought out. about making one and then uh, and then like taking a sip of it and then putting it in the fridge and drinking it tomorrow morning. But like I do work tomorrow, which like it doesn't mean yeah. that I couldn't, but it means that I shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> it, a, a very fine distinction, I must yeah. say. Yeah. Um, on Wednesday, when you pick me up from the hospital, can you just like bring me an Irish coffee? <laughs> Yes, done. Uh, probably not advised to mix with post-surgery medications, but I just don't care. Well, I could even make you one, and you could just put it in your fridge. Yeah. No, and I then you can it, have it the next morning. I want to drink it right then and there. Not okay. in the car, but like mm-hmm. when I get home. Okay, PSA for the <laughs> listeners, don't drink and take medication. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. I'm just feeling very over it. And- I'm going to hand Mari the the drink that they are that they want are demanding, <laughs> and whatever they do with it at that point is not <laughs> not my prerogative. I'm choosing to live on the edge. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. On that note, let's take an ad break from our sponsor. <laughs> um, please don't take medication and drink. Okay. Okay, thanks. <laughs> let's take a shot. It didn't get any better. Uh, fucking cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Did you expect it to? 
I am drinking a different margarita now. So it's <coughs> optimistic. <laughs> but <laughs> great audio content, us just coughing. <laughs> I didn't realize until yesterday that these are ten percent alcohol by volume. Oh. Yeah. I'm used to them being uh, like I'm used to like a canned beverage option being like five. Yeah. I get that they're margaritas in a can. So it does make sense, but yeah. But ten right. percent. Oh, right. God. Yeah, like Trulies and High Noons and all those are all like five, so Yeah. Yeah, which is what I usually drink. So I was like, these will be fine. Well, R I P. I'm real warm and toasty. Um, <laughs> it's fine. You crack your window a tiny bit. It's like what negative twenty out. Mm. It's not it, that cold. <laughs> it's not that cold yet, but no. I mean, I'm warm and toasty on the inside. Outside, I'm fine. Inside, oh. I can feel it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like in your tummy. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> my, my stomach, if you will. Yeah. I, I accidentally said stomach one time, and now it's stuck. Stomach and tummy. Stummy. Yeah, I've totally t- said stummy. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I yeah. I talk like I am a five year old sometimes. It's fine. That's okay. I often <laughs> say, "Do you want to go potty?" Because I'm used mm. to talking to my dog, and then I'll yeah. say that to people, and then they're like, "What?" Uh, <laughs> I also say uh, that. Oh, I was talking with a coworker, well, a former coworker lately. Let me start over. I was talking with this dude who I used to work with and his company offices on the same floor that our like offices on. Yeah. Um, so he was in um, this week, which was a pleasant surprise. He's a super cool dude. And um, we were talking about the things that we say to our pets. And he was like, um, I think I've turned should we go? into one conjunction mm. which is should we go should we go aside yeah go? yeah uh and i was like you know i also do that should we go aside mm-hmm. um you just you lose a lot of letters yeah <laughs> but but with the repetition with which you say it you just like don't care yeah they yeah, do yeah do you want to go side do you want to go yeah. side yeah 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 yeah, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. We lose a lot of syllables when we talk to our pets. I forget that that hard like letters exist. It's not outside. It's right. aside. Mm-hmm. Outside. Um. Yeah. <laughs> we Excellent. say weird things to our pets. We do. Um. Okay, Mari. What story do you have for us today? Thank you, Caitlin. I have the story of the murder of a woman named Maul McCarthy. Oh. Yeah. I'm not excited that someone got murdered, but I am excited for a murder story. Yeah, I get you. I Okay. This one's a roller coaster. I didn't want to do another true crime story, but as with like any time period that you give me that is within the last 100 years, there's generally a lot of information yeah. Uh, about other things um or like to the point where like if i i googled at one point 1940s irish women and i got 
a lot of very generic things about women in the household. Sure. Like, this is not helpful to me in the search for a specific story so when that happens my fall back is always to google the time period the region and murder Mm -hmm. just the word murder Mm -hmm. and this one came up and it's it's twisty it's weird um so with that being said i have no notes uh it's all just up here in the noggin (laughs) um (laughs) so this could be a roller coaster in a few ways we'll see um so with that let's get started uh so mall mccarthy uh she was born mary mccarthy she was the second mary in her like like her mom's name was also mary okay um fun fact oh we're back to it yeah i know um sources wikipedia obviously the irish times and um this podcast called crime curious which was the only podcast i could find with an episode on mall so and your brain um, that's a source and my brain yeah that's now legitimately uh verified source material Um, (laughs) did you get a blue did you pay eight dollars to get a blue check mark on your brain (laughs) i did actually uh it was pre them taking away that feature um (laughs) really thinking ahead on this one sick on that note, Elon Musk can suck my dick. Oh my god. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, so Maul. Uh, she was born at some point in 1902. She was born into a really impoverished family. And as we've talked about before on this podcast, record keeping was not always the best, especially when you were impoverished. So mm-hmm. we don't know when in 1902, but it's speculated that she was born in 1902. Mm-hmm. Um. Like I said, she grew up in a super poor family. Her mom's name was also Mary. Um, And she somehow got lucky enough that she inherited a cottage. Um, I'm not going to get super in-depth with this story, honestly, because there's a lot to it. But um, if you want to learn more, I feel like the Crime Curious podcast did a lot better of a job covering her backstory. Um, It's just not what i'm going to talk about today i guess that's fine well um, i mean like we we kind of have like it, since we have two segments it's kind of like a limited amount of time yeah whereas that's like all they covered so they right. get a little bit more time to dig yeah. into it i feel like yep. uh, anyway so she uh got lucky and inherited this cottage from like an uncle or something and um so she ran the cottage and like it's small plot of land but she also was a sex worker. So mm-hmm. because like really poor and needed to be able to take care of her family and being a sex worker at a time when birth control didn't exist, she had a lot of children. Oh. Um, so she actually ended up having a total of seven children. Holy uh, fuck. I know. By a minimum of six different fathers. Probably seven, but minimum six. <laughs> Oh my god. Now, Maul wasn't just gonna like take this all laying down. Wink wink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um so <laughs> she was very forthright about like her lifestyle. Um she was described as like a spitfire redhead. 
Um, she was kind of like, you know, thick with two C's. Um, she, you know, was reported to be like the most beautiful woman in the county. She lived in County Tipperary in this village called New Inn. And um, this is like central southern Ireland for reference. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just like wasn't ashamed of the way that she lived so she would name her children after their fathers which none of them are legitimate like she's not married to any of the fathers so it's a bold move uh for sure and it upset a lot of people in the community because imagine finding out that your husband's been unfaithful by learning that mom mccarthy's child's named like i don't know steve owen or something um i made that up but anyway well never trust (laughs) never trust a man truly simple as really yes um honestly i couldn't put it more succinctly myself if i tried um so there were also some sources that said that she would name like if she had a son she would name it after the man directly so Mm -hmm. like if the father's name was sean she would name the child sean um and if it was a girl she would name it after that man's mother so just shitting on the patriarchy in every (laughs) love it honestly excellent Um, (laughs) so she had all these kids she was running this like tiny little basically subsistence farm while also being a sex worker providing for her children um there was a religious faction in town like a priest or whatever they're called in ireland i don't know uh religion (laughs) question mark yeah Um, i mean at the time probably catholicism so ireland is very catholic so that Mm -hmm. wouldn't surprise me Mm -hmm. um but anyway, uh, Hattie, um, a priest was like, um, this woman has had so many children out of wedlock. There's no way she could possibly be caring for them well. So she reported or they reported her to the local authorities to try and get her children taken away. Huh. And a judge, um, his name, his last name was McBride, was consistently like, she seems to be taking care of her children just fine. So I'm not going to do anything amazing Um, i know shocking news alert so she was able to like keep all of her children um she hell yeah that never happens um right like never ever happens where they're just like yeah this woman seems perfectly capable let's keep letting her like doing her thing like in cases of like like um divorce or like the parents you know if if they weren't married the parents splitting or like which is all to be clear a pretty modern notion overall yeah like but like in cases like that of where like two parents are involved and then they're not anymore and they split then like yes generally the the children go to the mother but in cases of like someone calling like child services and being like um i don't think that this mom is taking care of the children then like i feel like a lot of the time they get pulled at least for like a while but like it doesn't take a lot for them to just be like okay we'll take your children away from you 
coming from uh, an advocacy perspective, you're not wrong. Like, uh, there are a lot of times where CPS, or Child Protective Services, uh, gets involved in the modern day and is like, mm, you know, you don't seem to be doing the best. So. This toaster is plugged in too close to the sink. You must be a bad mother. <laughs> But also, there aren't enough resources to do that to every single no. bad mother, quote unquote. So right. it just depends on right. where you're but at. It, but yeah, yeah, it just feels like a, a a rare situation where, like, yeah, someone would come in and be like, nope, looks like they're doing great. Especially with, like, that many children be like, yeah, no, they're doing fine. I would even clarify it's rare that that happens with impoverished households. Like, yes. In wealthy households, usually even, like let's be honest more often than not a wealthy household's never gonna have cps called on them um, right because they must be good people if they have that much money obviously oh they're they're disciplining their child perfectly yeah. they must know what they're doing but if you're poor and have kids you're obviously just innately by default doing something wrong right um yeah it's it's all very gross anyway so Mole had that happen to her multiple times, and the judge was like, mm, "No, she seems to be doing fine, actually. So they're they're fine." Was it the same like, judge every time? Yep. <laughs> yep. And Excellent. It'll, that'll come up later too. <laughs> yes. um, okay. So, um, to give you an example of how disliked Mall was in this community, like how the villagers in New Inn like were just kind of very anti Mall McCarthy. Uh, at some point, someone set the thatched roof of her cottage on fire in 1926. Um, and thankfully, her and all of her children got away. Um, but, oh, fuck. I fucked up. That's okay. The judge who was giving her her, like, saying, no, I'm not taking her children away was Sean Troy, not McBride. McBride will come in later. Okay. Sorry. I thought That's it was okay. the same judge. It's not. Uh, okay. Anyway, so uh, someone destroyed Maul's cottage roof via burning it down uh, in 1926, and it's assumed that that's, like, a very – Maul is a tarnish on this community – hate crime action right. thing um so um the wikipedia article also uses the word opprobrium which listen i've never heard of that word before in my life uh it means harsh criticism or censure oh <laughs> in case anyone is curious i was like what the fuck is opprobrium um that's what it means interesting so just very anti mall mccarthy taking care of her children but also being a sex worker i guess right right um well i mean that feels like the real reason that they're like she can't take care of her children it's just because she's a sex obviously worker. Must she's mean, she's must amoral. she can't do anything duh yeah she's amoral okay. sex work is real work yes absolutely there's no shame in it um another psa for you today in case you forgot yeah. yeah um okay so as i told you at the beginning of this um the story is the murder of maul mccarthy so uh maul meets a devastating end um she is discovered 
by a man named uh henry no harry harry gleason god my my twitter verified brain is performing about <laughs> as expected about um, as well as elon musk firing <laughs> Um, all, all, almost all of his employees. Um, yeah, honestly, about as well as offering a verified check mark for eight dollars to anyone who's willing to pay it. It, <laughs> it checks out. Pun intended. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Another reminder that Elon Musk was born rich. And he fucking rich. sucks, dude. He sucks. sucks. Yeah, absolutely. So but like, hard. he was not some genius that came up with things. He was born rich and had the capacity to buy people who are okay. geniuses. Okay, honestly, let's just. I, I have a very serious question, which is, who the fuck from whatever the judicial branch is in this country now uh, decided? Yeah, let's let Elon Musk buy Twitter. Like, why didn't they let him out of it? He wanted to not buy Twitter. He changed his mind. Why weren't why wasn't the judicial system like, you know what? You're right. This is a bad idea. Go about your merry way, Elon Musk. Like, ha! <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Not actually expecting them to have had enough foresight, but maybe. <laughs> they did see something like this coming in there. They're like, you know what? Just let it happen. <laughs> Just let's let it burn. Let's go. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, sorry, keep hitting the mic. I'm like laughing a lot. <laughs> it's all good. Okay. Um anyway. Okay. Harry I mean, like, Gleason. <laughs> Harry Gleason. His name was Henry, but he went by Harry. I would like oh. to clarify that that is So you were right both times. Correct. Your your um, blue checkmark verified brain was super spot on. Yeah, just like that account that tweeted that insulin's now eight dollars. Um, <laughs> and didn't they say it was free or did they say it was eight dollars? I don't remember. Whatever. Uh, we're talking about a blue check mark verified brain here. Let's the be honest. The PR team that had to be like, um, I'm so sorry, but the post that said it's like free or cheap or whatever it was, um, not was real. not right. We are still charging you six hundred dollars, <laughs> man, for a drug that you literally need to like live. <laughs> sorry for any miscommunications or confusions hashtag sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay I fucking Back love to- i fucking love the internet <laughs> we are going it's- so off track but like this is so such good. a so good thing that happened time. like <laughs> yeah uh, okay, so in uh, on November 21st, 1940, uh, Harry Gleason is out for a walk on, uh, uh, you know, just around. He has a couple of dogs with him. Um, some backstory on Harry Gleason. He lived at the farm, like, adjacent to... Uh, Mall's Cottage is owned by a man named John Caesar. Um, and Harry Gleason was Caesar's nephew and worked on the farm basically for free, uh, knowing that he would inherit the farm um, because John Caesar didn't have any children. So he 
lived on the farm he worked on the farm but because he wasn't getting paid anything his side income was uh breeding dogs i guess oh. i don't know just don't normal know. things yeah were they sheep dogs um, no they look like greyhounds oh but we'll get to that um oh. <laughs> it's it's not really relevant except for the, the picture with him and the dogs is in the folder that says don't open yet okay um because it, the picture contains other things. Okay. Anyway, so um, he's walking along, and next to this like dugout field, or in the dugout field, he finds a woman's body. That is picture number one mm-hmm. in the drive, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, the angle for that photo is doing good things for everyone's sanity, because the woman had been shot in the face, not uh. once, but twice oh god i know yeah so um she wasn't immediately recognizable um but she was like clearly dead obviously Mm -hmm. uh picture number two is a picture of harry gleason uh in case you're wondering he's also a handsome young man um i I, really quick before i look at harry gleason i do a picture or a question about the picture of her lying or like her body lying there um maybe you'll bring this up but it or not so much a question maybe you'll talk about this but it does look like she was like laid there very like particularly does that come up or is that just like okay it comes up okay don't worry again photo will be on the website he is mm-hmm. a very dapper and handsome young man. Yes. Um. Obviously, a PSA trigger warning. This episode, if you go to the website for this episode, there is a picture of a dead body. Um. You can't see any of the damage. Yeah. But just be aware. Um. So, Harry Gleason finds this body, and obviously he calls the authorities, which um has very irish names starting with garda and then i can't pronounce the second word so we're just gonna go with garda um they come and they are investigating there's some controversy with how the investigation unravels because supposedly like there was one um like I don't know if you would call him a coroner or whatever. They come out and they take a temperature and the body is still warm. And then there's another coroner who comes up with a conflicting, this body's been dead for at least 24 to 48 hours verdict. Um, And that plays a huge role in what we'll talk about in a bit. Um, So those two. I'm sorry. So like, like, like the coroners or like the medical examiners there were two and they had conflicting opinions yeah one of them said that when they took a temperature for the body it was still warm and the other one said that when they took a temperature for the body and like examined the body it had been dead for at least 24 to 48 hours okay and they examined it on the 21st of november okay so like that- it would have been cold so like either the either the either she had died like not long before or two days before right yeah and like that not necessarily two days before, but like not the 21st of November, maybe the 20th of November. And that would right. play a huge role in the case later. Okay. Um, so the um, 
they figure out eventually that she was shot in the face once and then due to the nature of the evidence that she later had been shot in the face a second time like well after she was dead not well after but after she was dead okay Um, to your point about the fact that she looks like she was placed there um her clothes look like they're in order in that photo Mm -hmm. but um and they go into really good detail in this on the crime curious podcast but i'm just gonna kind of some like summarize it Mm -hmm. there were a lot of things about her clothing that just didn't make sense necessarily so like there was blood on her petticoat or on like the chemise type thing that she was wearing underneath which is common uh, a common garment for that time period um there was blood on that but there wasn't blood on her like outer garments like the coat that she's wearing kind of Mm -hmm. things so that would imply that she wasn't wearing those when she was shot right at least the first time and then and this is really gross um so trigger warning if you don't want to hear this skip ahead like 30 seconds um there was also an instant the instance of like this is why they determined she was shot in the face a second time is she had a piece of her face stuck in between the coat and her like undergarments like very clearly happened after those garments were put back on her okay um super disgusting okay um, yeah, like a piece of her lip and things like that were just right. uh, tucked away. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, real gross. Um, so this all feels like very personal. Um, which again, I'm sure you'll get to, but like, yeah, like shooting her in the face again. Well, after she's dead dressing her back up and then just like the way that she's placed like in the photo the fact that like her legs are crossed mm-hmm. it feels yeah. like super personal it does yeah so um the theory goes and forgive me if i'm not like super um clear on this because it is so confusing honestly mm-hmm. um and that i mean it's par for the course because this is also the same time period um, which saw the beginnings or the early era of the IRA. Um, so if you aren't familiar with the IRA, it's the Irish Republican Army. And they were very anti-England um, and really, really, really wanted English control out of Ireland. And um, there's a whole it, it's it's all so complex there's a book by Patrick O'Keefe, which I can't remember the name of right now, but I'm going to Google. Okay. I knew what you meant, um, but being that I live in America, when you said IRA, all I could think was internal revenue or um, yeah, like internal a Roth IRA, revenue like, yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, wait, <laughs> I knew what you meant, yeah. but I was like, Caitlin, think straight. <laughs> right. It's Patrick Radden O'Keefe, and of course my Google searching because I haven't included his um, name fully. I just put Patrick O'Keefe, 
uh, <laughs> sorry, Patrick Radden Keefe, not O'Keefe. How dare I? How dare? Um, how how fucking dare? Um, he wrote "Say Nothing," which is about a murder um, that happened in like the seventies, I think. Um, regarding the like IRA and um we will so, make sure to put that book on our bookshop.org yep yep it's very good it does a great job of laying things out clearly in a time when like none of those things were straightforward nothing about it was straightforward everything was like covert everything was um uh, like very sly and the goal was obviously to try and make sure that no one could pinpoint a single person for a crime and that very much so relates to one of the theories about how Mal McCarthy died. Um, so there was a a local Garda member who supposedly paid Mal a visit at like three in the afternoon on November twentieth, and they the implication goes that either she was an IRA sympathizer and was killed by the Garda. Mm-hmm. Or she, like, was an IRA informant to the police and told the police some things about the IRA, and the IRA learned about it, and, and the they IRA, killed her. Yeah, the IRA was not very... Um, they didn't hold any punches, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you fucking... Uh, what's the word? Snitched. That's the word on them. Snitches get stitches, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Except for it's or the two stitches shots are, to the head. The stitches are in your autopsy. Um, yeah. Kind of thing. Um. So there are some conflicting theories about what actually happened, but what ends up being the case. The, the conclusion during this time so she she was discovered on the 21st of november on the 30th of november uh harry gleason the man who discovered her body was arrested so um they I called him handsome i know and you can still say that don't worry okay uh so like the narrative put forward about the fact that Gleason was the murderer was that supposedly he was the father of McCarthy's of Maul's youngest child who it should be noted died like at three weeks old like Mm. which not that uncommon but still devastating um and he didn't want anyone to discover this truth at especially with like Maul having a propensity for just like declaring who the father was out loud publicly Um, the theory is that uh, that was put forward at this time was that Harry didn't want anyone to find out especially his uncle John Caesar because that would risk his ability to inherit the farm and live a prosperous life afterwards Um, so they claimed that Gleason murdered her to keep her quiet basically um so he was arrested they 
the thing that I was talking about earlier where the two different like coroners or medical examiner people had the different theories about when she was murdered um she was either murdered early on the 21st of november hence why her body was still warm or she was murdered in the evening on the 20th hence why her body was cold um it depends on which coroner you believe well the um prosecution leaned into the day that Harry didn't have an uh, an alibi for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so they they said that she was murdered on the twenty first, and that the first medical examiner who said her body was still wrong was just warm was just wrong. He was just incorrect. Um, she had been murdered the day before, obviously. Um, All cops are bad. <laughs> true. Um, like and- look into both. Like. If there's right. a question, look into both. Don't just like completely discount one because it like fits what you want it to fit. Like right, yeah. Um, but they didn't do that. They just like really twisted the narrative to be like, there's absolutely no way she was murdered on the twenty first. She was murdered on the twentieth. This is what happened, and um, so it was just like this whole thing. Um, also, lack of alibi does not mean you did it. I know that it's a like good thing to bring up, but it does not mean you did it. Like it is absolutely not a re- sole reason to believe that you did something. But I don't between, remember what I did three days ago, and then you're going to tell me that I'm a murderer because I'm the only person who doesn't have a specific like this is what I did at this time and this time and this time, and these people can vouch for it. Like, listen, I think Adnan Syed would agree with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. And if you don't know that, just go listen to Serial. But anyway, um, the 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 fact of the matter is they just, like, basically created a reason for Harry Gleason to have murdered her. Like, gave, gave him a motive with this theory that he was the father of her youngest child at the same time that they, like, threw everything else out the window. So they really lean into the idea somehow that harry was the one who did it even though it threw out the idea that there were conflicting um conclusions about when she died and basically we're like well anyone who thinks that's just wrong she died Mm -hmm. this time um the devastating thing is that because the prosecution did such a good job of um pushing this false narrative and the defense seemed to have been very uh, nonchalant about defending their client um somehow they um they were able to find uh harry guilty of murdering maul on the 27th of february 1941 no i know he was sentenced to death and <gasps> um any attempts for appeals were denied and he was eventually executed that same year for the murder of maul mccarthy did we find out it wasn't him hold your horses caitlin oh my god um he was buried somewhere in the mount joy prison yard um otherwise known as the Mount Joy Gull, which we've talked about before. It's G-A-O-L. Not the specific location, but the word Gull. Um, 
is very weird to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a junior counsel who um, was a part of the defense team uh, for Gleason who didn't really abide by this like whole half-hassed um, defense. His name was Sean McBride. That's the McBride that I was talking about earlier, not Sean Troy. There's too many Sean's in the story, obviously. <laughs> um, and he was very convinced, based on his conversations with Gleason, that Gleason did not do it. Gleason maintained his innocence until the day he died. Um, and he passed down this knowledge and this information to his son, and then that son passed it down to his son, and his grandson uh, wrote a book about it. Um, which let me see if I can find that page. Another book. Woo. Mm-hmm. It's called The Framing of Harry Gleason by Kieran Fagan. And in this book, Kieran, who is the grandson of Sean McBride, says basically, like, here's all of the evidence we have that Harry Gleason was framed for this murder. Um, the uh, Irish Innocence Project end up getting ended up getting involved um if you don't know about the innocence project they're a great organization they do a lot of great stuff bringing people the justice that they deserve um and exonerating people who are falsely um uh charged with crime yeah um anyway so they did a lot of digging and they presented in 2013 a case that um would explain why harry gleason was not the one to murder mom mccarthy and in 2015 on january 20 uh january 14 2015 actually so like pretty recently yeah a decade um harry gleason became the first person in ireland to receive a posthumous exoneration so wow. he and According to an article, at least in 2020, I don't know how that may have changed in the last two years, but in 2020, he was still the only person in Ireland to have received a posthumous um, exoneration. So they like put forth the evidence and they were like, yeah, there's no way this guy did this. Um, Mm -hmm. And it worked. And um, so Harry Gleason was exonerated, sadly, uh, like a long time too late. yeah you know this like it's reasons like this that i'm not for the death penalty and that's what i wanted to talk about was like i'm very anti-capitalism or um, capital punishment (laughs) also Also (laughs) anti-capitalism but anti-capital punishment because it's just so final like yes in an ideal world the justice system would find the right person every time but we know for a fact that that doesn't happen because this is not an ideal world right and like you can't take it back if they're dead. You just so many people can. are already put into prison for life um, for something that they didn't do. So to literally finalize their life for something that they didn't do, and then to find out later that they didn't do it is just like heart wrenching. Yeah. Um, and I mean. I know that people can do really fucked up things, but I still, like, would not necessarily wish death upon anyone. And also, like, I'm going to be honest, if you take the power of 
does this person live or die into your own hands, you're not any better than they are. Right. Like, you're right. just not. Um, like, that's not our our choice to decide. And I'm not even saying that in a, like, it's God's choice because I don't believe in God. I'm just no. like, it just doesn't make you any better than someone who has decided that. It puts By deciding that, yeah, you are almost acting as if you were god or whatever right. like as if you are like allowed to be the one who can like make that decision for people and like no just no one just... person can choose that another that another person should die like that should right. not no in no circumstances is that an acceptable way to go about life um so after maul died by the way this is what i was saying when we come back to the judge later um sean troy the one who was consistently like mm, no this woman can keep her kids he was the one who ultimately had to rule to put them in an orphanage after she died <laughs> um so he was the one who did that four of her children were young enough that they had to be put in an orphanage uh two of the surviving children had were old enough that they could like go out on their own basically mm-hmm. but um the the legacy of murder in maul's family tree does not unfortunately end with maul <gasps> i know uh her son michael moved to london which is not all that uncommon for irish people to do um mm-hmm. when they're impoverished and need like a fresh start even though the irish and the english are often um it's an antipathy there mm-hmm. um anyway so he moved to london and he ended up having a son and he lived with his son for a long time uh in fact so long that it was into the 2000s oh. he was still alive which you know is pretty recent yeah um so he lived with his son francis and on april 12th 2003 he um being michael and francis got into an argument over money and on april 13th 2003 francis shows up at a police station and confesses to killing his father in that row um, claiming it was a psychotic episode he pleaded guilty to manslaughter and was jailed indefinitely under the mental health act in england um, oh that's according God. to the Irish Post. So, um, devastating, right? Yeah. Um, now you can open that don't open yet image to okay. see the article. I kind of forgot this. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's okay. A, I was actually just about to ask. So. That was perfect <laughs> it's a timing. picture of Harry Gleason with the dogs that he bred uh, next to an article um, that like talks about the original murder of Maul mm-hmm. and then also the headline that he was pardoned 74 years after he was executed. I just didn't want to spoil the ending for you. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, he was like known as a musician in his community. So there are pictures of him with his like violin and It's um, also sad cuz he almost he almost could have lived that long. Like he wouldn't have lived another 74 years after he died, I assume. But maybe. Well, but maybe. maybe. I mean maybe. But I mean at the time he had to have been like what in his 20s? Not impossible. But either way. But it's like right. He he could have almost lived that long or he could have he lived could that have much lived longer. Like a, a full and fulfilling life. And where... they took his life because yeah. 
So now it's known as the murders of Maul McCarthy and Harry Gleason. Uh, wow. The story is because they obviously like both came to tragic ends that they didn't necessarily deserve. Um, we still don't know who is responsible for Maul's death, but there is a gravestone for her that is maintained. There's a picture of that in the drive as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, um, like, so her burial place is still maintained. Sadly, um, nobody knows exactly where Harry Gleason was buried other than that he was buried on the prison grounds. So in an article um, from just over a year ago, October, or two years ago, rather, October 16th, 2022, the Irish Times, or no, sorry, the Independent in Ireland. How long ago was it? Two years ago, this article came out. What year? (laughs) October 16th, 2020. Okay, thank you. I I jumped in time. Um, (laughs) No, I'm just a little tipsy. It's fine. Okay, I just wanted to clarify to make sure that I wasn't losing my mind. (laughs) Yeah. Um, To answer your question about how long Harry could have lived, he was 38 when he died. Okay. So So probably would not have made it another 74 years but not impossible he probably wouldn't live to be 109 but it's yeah it's not impossible um no that's, that's so not sad. the right math that's not it's fine 38 plus 74 not 100. <laughs> it's way more than that <laughs> also where did the nine come from <laughs> i don't fucking know uh, don't 100... ask a drunk person to do math man i don't fucking know 112 anyway. that's the math yeah, he probably wouldn't have lived to be 112, but... Probably not, but not impossible. Correct. But either way, like, he could have lived a lot fucking longer, almost to the point of when they had fully realized that he was not responsible yeah, for yeah. murdering her. Um, correct. But in uh, 2020, the, this article states that the, the search to locate his remains on the the prison grounds was ongoing. So, um, I I didn't see any updates from then, so I have to assume they still haven't located his remains and given them a proper burial, but um, th- they haven't necessarily forgotten about it right. either. Which is someone's trying. Good. Yeah. Good. Um. But yeah, like that's the tumultuous and like up and down fucking story of Mom McCarthy and Harry Gleason. Um, I think the most devastating detail of this is that Harry Gleason in Mom McCarthy's life was very kind to her. Mm-hmm. Um, he often treated her respectfully, even though the rest of the community did not. And um, like she, because their like properties were like next to each other, she would use the well on John Caesar's farm to get water because she didn't have her own well and because obviously she wasn't super well off um there's a like a note of harry bringing her like a sack of potatoes to help feed her family and like how irish fucking isn't it just um but like yeah just like these super sad details that just make me really like oh of all of the people who could have been wrongfully convicted of Maul's murder, like, of course, it was this guy who was super nice to her in life and, like, wouldn't have actually wanted to kill her. 
but if I had to guess, I would say it was one of the wives. I I so I think it was the IRA though because of mm. that story that like the police came and earlier in the day and then she was found um like shot once and then shot again as like it's like a fucking you deserve this kind of thing um also the fact that she was like very clearly murdered somewhere else and brought to this location hence why she looks like she was just laid out there um like where was she murdered where where? that's fair um in the ira like this like a lot of the articles mentioned in the book by patch and Ratton keefe about the state um the ira the book called say nothing talks about this a lot as well um the, the ira were very extreme and that they weren't they would use intimidation in a very real way to keep you quiet so even if the community members knew they would have been too scared to say anything because then they would be next Mm -hmm. um and the ira held that like modus operandi for a long time so it wouldn't surprise me necessarily if like she snitched on them to the police and they were like oh fuck you and then they murdered her and then they made sure everyone in the community know if you say anything you're next like that would be really realistic not that i don't like let's be clear i i generally agree with what the ira wanted which was irish independence Mm -hmm. from england Mm -hmm. i don't agree with the way that they went about it because it impacted more irish people than it did english people every single day um and it was just really really harsh so right man r.i.p mm-hmm. yeah man so that's the story of mom mccarthy and her devastating murder and also the tragic wrongful conviction of um otherwise known as a very nice man so, yeah that's, um, that's super sad oh while we're uh not while we're on the topic, I want to circle back to the fact that she was the second Mary. Uh, she also had a daughter named Mary. So, mm. um, you know how we have this thing where we don't like when people name their children after themselves. I hate it. I hate mm, it. Yeah. There, I think for me, like, it's a little bit more about, like, when there's, like, the number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was harry gleason the second then i would be like oh my god get over yourself (laughs) um fun fact um there is a i know this um for 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 reasons um there's a a teddy roosevelt the fifth i did know that yeah like why why is why because he was famous so now there's more of them (laughs) <laughs> it just it just drives me bonkers i feel you i totally feel you well man that was that was a good murder story right and like it's not just like a cut and dry story either like it right. could have not been the ira it could have been one of the wives who was like fuck you bitch yeah um realistically that's an option but mm-hmm. um i mean it, it does seem like kind of unlikely but yeah I, uh, 
was like how do without how personal it was but also how do you like it would have had to be multiple of the wives who were like fuck you because how do you or just one really strong one woman they're they're carrying around sacks of potatoes they're strong she's nothing but a sack of potatoes i'm just kidding that's really mean (laughs) oh um you know you're not you're not incorrect in that though they do carry around sacks of potatoes i lift cakes for a living i could easily carry a woman from one location to another caitlin maybe don't put that in a recorded history just saying in case you ever have to murder someone i don't well i don't eh. want to have to defend you against that well for some people it's a turn on so i that's fair and <laughs> i will come to bat for you no matter what i i haven't I, killed anyone so I have nothing to worry about <laughs> i would lie for you even if you had but Thanks. i'm just saying maybe don't make it public information <laughs> all right fine <laughs> <laughs> um too late i already did i um, like to think that i would be the one that you call if you're like i need help and you can't tell anybody um but you never know so i i hope i never have to call anyone for that <laughs> i also hope for that but you know oh my god wait i have a story for you oh my god um, okay i don't know if you saw my instagram stories this week but uh, there are a lot of people on here who I assume don't follow me on Instagram. So this story is fucking mind blowing. Um, <laughs> so I host Airbnbs for work and there was a check-in this week where I was like, it was on Thursday. I went uh, after lunch to go and finish like laundry and stuff to make sure everything was ready for check-in time at three. This was at like one thirty. I'm in the unit, like folding laundry, and I hear a hello. <laughs> um, what? hi. <laughs> what? So I like cautiously go around the corner to the door of the apartment, and I'm like, hello. And this guy is holding the door open. He's like, hi, I'm here to check into the Airbnb. This is the Airbnb, right? And I was like, yes, but it's like 1:40. Check time is at three. Uh, this is really early <laughs> and he's like oh i'm so sorry i thought check-in time was 11 and i was like nah, it's not but you're here with your girlfriend carrying all of your luggage uh just you know the unit's clean just come on in just, yeah. just come on in so they come in and i'm like you know i just have to like finish holding this laundry and make the beds um i I I don't care that you're here if you don't care that I'm here. Mm-hmm. So like feel free to hang out. And they're like, oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. Like, yeah, that would be really great. So um the girlfriend is like putting on makeup and getting ready to like go out and explore Fargo because she'd never been to North Dakota, was why they were here. And um uh the the boyfriend and I are chatting and I'm just going around, like, doing my normal Airbnb things, like, putting, like, linens away and making the beds. I make the secondary bedrooms bed, and everything goes fine. I go into the primary bedroom, and I'm like, what? There's obviously something missing here. Like, I have the fitted sheet. I have the flat sheet. I have the pillowcases. Where the fuck is the duvet? The duvet is just gone. Uh, This is very weird. Why is it gone? Like, you know, so I'm going around the apartment 
looking in every closet to find it. And then the primary bedroom, it has an, an ensuite bathroom, and then you have to walk through the bathroom to get that to that closet. So as I'm walking through the bathroom to the closet, I realize the shower curtain is gone. Not just like the shower curtain, but the liner and all of the hooks. Just poof. Just gone. Where the fuck are they? Why are they gone? And what? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? This is so weird. I'm so confused. I don't understand. I call the cleaner. I'm like, are these I were these items here when you cleaned on Tuesday? Like they're like, no, but honestly, we thought you took them. Right. Which like, is okay, fair, fine. But also like, yeah, but maybe like just why say something. You, <laughs> right, but like why would you why would you assume that someone stole them? Like I to me, I like, was. I'm a crazy the person. obvious conclusion would be that I took them for some reason. Um and so I get it. <laughs> I would say something. I know, but I'm not. I'm not ju- being a judgy bitch to my cleaners because they do a great no, job. I'm sure they do. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck?" So I'm like, I go to the guest. And I'm like, "Um, the duvet is just gone, and also so is the shower curtain. I'm gonna have to replace them. I will target same day order them and bring them over as soon as I have them. But like, I don't know. And so we're talking about like why the fuck these items are gone. I was like, I just don't understand why anyone would want a three-year-old used duvet and a used shower curtain. I don't. I just don't understand it. The only thing I can think of is that maybe they ruined them in some way that was like really embarrassing. But then just. But then. Okay. You're gonna have to pay for it anyways. So like, be like, hey. I know. Uh. So I was like, the only thing I can think of is that they were like really embarrassed. They were just, they just took them and like threw them away or took them home or whatever and just like hoped that maybe we'd just like charge them outright for them and not have to answer any questions. And he go, the guest, the boyfriend goes, or, or hear me out. Maybe that's what they wrapped the dead body in. And I was in the middle of putting the fitted sheet on and I just stopped. I stood up straight and I looked at him and I went, ah, 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 um, you're not wrong. Uh, cause if I were to murder someone here, that's also what I would wrap a dead body in. Uh, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to respond to this. Like I obviously like based on that comment i was like this this dude is cool as fuck like obviously but also what if someone was actually murdered here the fuck um do i call the police or do <laughs> i just leave and pretend like nothing happened uh... so i did the in-between thing of those two options which was just that i told the facilities manager about it and i was like can you please look at the security cameras and see if anyone leaves with like missing a person or, like a large white lump yeah um, that takes multiple people to care like just tell me and he goes he's like going through the footage looking at them and um this is where i get to snitch on work um i he's like going through the footage looking at them like what the fuck and the guy who oversees the airbnb operations like oversees me in that role he's like looks over at mark and he's like what are you doing why are you looking at this security footage and mark explains to him like what he's looking for 
Mm-hmm. And this guy goes, I have those items. <laughs> <gasps> so someone did have them. Huh. <laughs> and I was like, so he comes over to me and he's like, I have those items. So you remember me telling you I took them? And I was like, you didn't tell me that you took them, sir. Um, this man has the most severe unmedicated ADHD I've ever seen. So it's not surprising <laughs> to me that he like assumed that he told me, but definitely didn't. He's like, yeah, one of those things is in this unit and the, the other thing is in this unit. And I was like, well, you didn't tell me that. So now no, I've because spent the then... last 24 hours assuming someone died in here, okay? Um, really? If you had told me that, if you had told me that, I would have known that I needed to replace them. Or instead of stealing them for other units, you could have told me that those units needed those things. Right. Like any number of possibilities other than just taking them and not bringing them back. And so oh, I'm over here God. like, what the fuck? Just letting the, like letting me my own self believe that someone was murdered in my airbnb unit and that wasn't the case at all so now i'm for sure gonna write at least a short story about that um without without the really stupid conclusion obviously right Um, amazing (laughs) i was like what the fuck you just took these items and didn't tell me and now i'm over here believing like because of all the things in an apartment that you would need if you murdered somebody, the shower curtain and the blanket would definitely be it. Okay? Right. right. Shower curtain to wrap them, the blanket, because it's full of blood. Yeah. Get it out of here. Or the shower curtain to r- wrap them in to prevent blood from getting everywhere else, and then right. the blanket to make them look like just like a, a blankety lump. Um, sure. Any number of variations on that theme. Those would be the two things that you would need. Um, for- That's true murdery reasons and yeah so i was like are you fucking kidding me amazing what a time what a story a roller coaster if i've ever been on one (laughs) okay well this has gone on for long enough i'm gonna give social thanks (laughs) i can smell dinner and i'm starving yes i want you to eat dinner so badly (laughs) okay so social thanks goes to charles Lindbergh because why not why not um joe sheridan for making the irish coffee get on you joe sheridan um and then also harry gleason for finding mal mccarthy um and then the um i'm sorry i don't remember exactly who it was but the people who eventually found that he was an innocent man um Um, yeah thanks to kieran fagan for writing a book about it that i didn't read because i found about it out about it yesterday that's fine um and cheers to the the judge that eventually exonerated uh harry gleason yes thank you um and to the judge who um said many times that mom mccarthy was to perfectly, yeah thank yeah, you perfectly capable of taking care of her children thank you to him as well Mad respect. um yes and thank you you know what thank you to sex workers sex work is real work i will say it again you are worthy good on you we love and respect you. Yes. Um, that's all I got. That's also all I have. So okay. you go eat dinner. I'm going to figure out what I'm going to eat. <laughs> I haven't thought about it yet. I ate that that orange uh, roll from Burn Bombs. Burn Bombs. And now I'm like, that wasn't enough for dinner. That's fine. Yeah, but it's also almost nine. So I should maybe go eat. Probably. All right. Well, cheers, okay. nerds. Goodbye. Okay,
Alcohol and Anecdotes is hosted, produced, and edited by Caitlin Hedberg and Mari Harlow. Our intro and outro music is courtesy of Vanity Plate of Minot, North Dakota. You can visit alcoholandanecdotes.com to find episode content and merch. You can also email us at alcoholandanecdotes at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram or Facebook at alcoholandanecdotes. You can listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow, rate, or review our podcast or subscribe to us on Patreon for additional support and to help keep alcohol and anecdotes going. While we joke about alcohol use and mental health issues as a part of our day-to-day, we know that both can be no laughing matter. If you're struggling with substance abuse or a mental health disorder, please call the SAMHSA National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP for information on local treatment options, support groups, and community-based organizations. Once again, that's 1-800-662-HELP. Thanks for listening. Cheers, nerds.